to this episode of our new AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong, and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, I'll act as your ambassador to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS prototyping teams. On this episode of Innovation Ambassadors, we're exploring the journey of Genie Solutions, Australia's premier provider of practice management software for medical specialists. We'll talk with Brendan Connolly, CTO for Genie, about their extremely timely work with the AWS prototyping team in response to our global pandemic, and hear how we collaborated on the rapid development and deployment of a secure, reliable telehealth solution. I'd like to welcome to the studio our special guest, Brendan Connolly, CTO of Genie Solutions. Welcome, Brendan. Thanks very much for having me, Sarah, and good morning. And also joining us is Ryan Cross, Prototyping Engagement Manager from our ANZ prototyping team. Ryan, always great to chat with you. Good to see you again, Sarah. Brendan, it can be easy for us to forget now what it was like in those early days of January and February as the world was still struggling to understand what we were facing with uh, the expanding COVID-19 outbreak. And as cases spread around the globe, the medical community, of course, was at the forefront of the response. And that extended to companies like yours, didn't it, Brendan? Can you take us back to those early days? Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. It's exactly right. I mean, over in Australia, we were a little bit, um, had the benefit of really observing what was going on in the rest of the world. And we could see that lockdown was likely and uh, our practitioners really rely on patients coming into their offices, as you as you naturally expect, for them to be able to have consultations. Uh, they have to be able to go to surgery and things like that. And so it became really clear that we needed an answer to help provide a more secure and robust teleconsult, telehealth solution for our practitioners to not only allow them to stay in business, which is obviously very, very important, but also to be able to address your patient safety needs uh, and including the security risks around their information. So it was a pretty um, clear mandate, I think, for us to really Mm. try and do something in that space. Now, Ryan, you're really the first stop on any engagement, aren't you, as a prototype engagement manager? And Brendan and his team come to you, and they have a a pretty time-critical need and uh, security risk concerns. Can you take us along that journey, what that approach was to working with their team? Sure. So I think... The the best thing about working with Brendan and his team is that they had already had some ideas already um, about what they wanted to do. So the first thing was really just to kind of uh, jump in and explore what what that vision was for for this solution. Um, and a lot of that that came out of that was was definitely the security concerns, as well as the the need to be able to integrate the the system with their backend practice management systems as well to kind of streamline systems, as well as um, trying to find additional ways to help practitioners be able to work across different devices as well. So we, we broke up into, we kind of set aside some time to actually kind of iterate very, very quickly. Um, Brendan, um, we were kind of working through a UX design um, and I know there was a lot of back and forth and kind of that, that rapidly evolved while we were also exploring the underlying technology pieces as well. Um, the key piece for us was jumping into the Chime SDK. We had, um, Edwards had relatively recently released the uh, Chime um, JS JavaScript SDK. Um, 
And what was interesting about that is it, it did work on, on browsers, but it explicitly didn't have official support for mobile browsers. And we knew that to be able to actually have the broadest appeal or, or most likely case where people will have a camera, we thought that mobile devices were going to be the best way to do that. And, uh, and so we knew that there was going to be a really, you know, potentially some sharp edges around how do we actually make sure that we can use this in mobile browsers um, and, and definitely kind of push that, that boundary. Um, and then from there, we, we worked with the internal teams as well to kind of identify what are some of the other best practices that people had been doing um, in other places. So um, Chime had actually been kind of worked through on the HIPAA compliance side of things in the U.S. And while the government didn't really have a lot of uh, formal guidelines here in Australia, they had right around that time frame, I think, is also when they made some kind of emergency changes to the to the regulations that, uh, that allowed more of this stuff to happen. And so that was the other big piece of it we were working through. I think ultimately that's where we kind of pulled more of those resources together and started to jump into the webinar that we organized with Brendan to kind of get a better sense from his community about what, what we were proposing and, and also what some of their questions and concerns were going to be. So Brendan, that patient confidentiality was really core and, and really front of mind for you, wasn't it, in, during this engagement? Tell us a little bit about this webinar. Yeah, so we'd um, arranged a webinar to talk to a number of COVID initiatives that we were undertaking um, on, on behalf of our customers. Um, and it, look, it was a fantastic webinar. We had uh, record numbers of attendees for the webinar um, and there was particularly strong interest in the telehealth solution uh, that we were looking to put together with um, AWS. And um, Adrian White in particular did a great job of really selling the benefits of you know, technology and how we could rapidly deliver something to our customers. Uh, it also importantly gave us our first line of sight around who might be potential beta users for us and be able to help us test this solution. Uh, but definitely one of those key things was the security aspect. And I think the other was really trying to get to that ease of use as Ryan's touched on. It's so important for us to be able to uh, really be able to use the patient's device wherever they needed to be. We just didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. And so being able to kind of get onto that mobile form factor was strategically important for us. Ryan, that you, you mentioned that uh, notion around the regulations and telehealth and, and that ability to use those beta customers to really test out some of the features of the solution as it was being developed. Now, this was a very fast turnaround, wasn't it? It was. We were. We were. We knew that this was a really high demand um, issue for for everybody. Um, is one of the reasons I think we were also passionate about working with with Brendan's company. Um, but what was really interesting about that was when we started to roll out um, to some early customers. There was, uh, for the most part, everything worked really well. Um, but we noticed that there was some specific issues with some of the mobile browsers. But it was really hard to. Um, to debug those, as you can imagine, you know, sitting several layers, you know, before between us and the end users, between us and the genie systems and the practitioners, down to the end uh, patients themselves, was really hard. So we, we really got a bit lucky, actually. Um, one of the things um, my manager um, actually had a brother. Uh, who happened to actually be a practitioner user of, of the Genie nice. system. And uh, so it, it really allowed us to kind of short circuit that a little bit. We, we we were able to jump onto a call with him and actually debug directly there. Um, call in some family favors, huh? 
That's right. And I think that, you know, one of the things that was interesting about this project was, you know, that kind of highlighted that not only did we have different uh, challenges at the end user level, but um, the different time zones that we were having to work across too, you know, we were, you know, working with people in the US and, and Europe, um, as well as people locally here on the ground. Um, it was really, that, that caused a little bit of challenge as well. And so it was really impressive to kind of see how closely we could actually get the the service, um, the time service um, software developers directly working with us um, and the Genie team to be able to to sort out some of these solutions, these these kind of challenges quite quickly. Brendan, can you paint a picture for us? what your vision was and how this system came together from from the perspective of your customers. Yeah, so I've um, been very kind calling it a vision, Sarah. So I guess the, um, <laughs> uh, like a lot of good ideas, it started as a 3 a.m. sort of thought bubble from my perspective. As we talked about, it's pretty clear the world was going into lockdown and felt very strongly that we, we needed something that would actually help our customers be able to connect with patients. And um, so that, that thought bubble then turned into a couple of coffee machine conversations. Um, and thankfully, just so everyone understands, we weren't breaking any rules. This was all pre-lockdown. Uh, and a couple of the team got really, really excited about this as a potential uh, outcome for our customers. And yeah, they're really excited about the technical aspects of this as well. And that's, that's particularly important because the team don't let me near the code much anymore, which is probably a very, very good decision on their behalf, I must say. Uh, so I really needed their support, I think, initially to then take this to, to my colleagues in the exec. Um, and they were also really excited about it. Um, and that then led on to conversations with uh, AWS. Um, and how we could come together and really build this out very, very quickly. And that look, that elapsed time really from when we, uh, when I had that thought bubble right through to when we had the support of everybody and we were building was yeah, a matter of a few weeks. And we were actually able to get from um, you know, first code landing into um, beta testers' hands inside about 10 days, which is pretty remarkable, uh, really. And we, you know, look, there was a lot to learn. Um, we sure. certainly have learned a lot on the way through. Um, you know, Ryan's touched on a number of those issues, but I think that ability to get something out quickly, get it in the hands of our customers, get great feedback, and then be able to iterate on that's been incredibly powerful and really exciting. You shared earlier with us that notion that you know there's often a trade-off between speed and quality, uh, that production readiness of the code. But that was something you really built in and and w- worked with the teams from the very beginning of recognizing that you're really trying to lay the foundation, weren't you, for that production level system? So it really went beyond maybe what some folks might consider a prototype. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. I mean, one of our tenants is that we, yeah, quality is just part of what we do. And, and that was really shared by the prototyping team in this instance as well. You know, we weren't trying to um, cut technical corners and we really leveraged, you know, serverless and a lot of the great AWS services to help us do that. But I think it's a real hallmark of how um, the team really thought through the customer problem and they really invested in the areas that we need to. We had some missteps, you know, we logging, for example, was something we probably went a little bit skinny on initially. Mm. And that was highlighted, I think, through the conversations with the service team when we were trying to 
um, you know, work through some of the issues. We, we definitely needed to beef that up and there were some really interesting uh, late night calls with the service team um, where, you know, we had some bleary-eyed developers in Australia because, you know, it was before nine o'clock and coffee. Sure. Uh, we had some bleary-eyed <laughs> service team members because goodness knows what time it was, but it was very dark outside. But it was really great to see them working together through those problems and, and you yeah, trying to debug things and figure things out. Um, through conversations, which was fantastic. Yeah, speaking of that, Ryan, you know, oftentimes we have a fork in the road, don't we, while we're experimenting and, and prototyping with customers. And one of the benefits that we see for our teams is is really getting to work hand in hand with customers as they innovate for their business and provide those insights back into our service teams to improve our services. Can you talk a little bit about how we did that, Brendan just alluded to those late night calls, those improvements and, and that iteration with the services was pretty immediate in this case, wasn't it? It was. And I, I think, you know, that, that fork in the road is definitely a good analogy there. We we definitely came to a point where um, essentially we, we were really interested to realize that there was a, a number of handsets, these mobile handsets um, that didn't really support um, some of the more modern codecs um, for video. And so we were we were trying to figure out what we could actually do to, to have a good fallback system. And ultimately, we realized that uh, we could either kind of have this global setting where we would use the VP9 codec um, across the board, um, which is a bit of a lower quality codec, but has a much wider support for all the devices, or whether we stick with the, uh, the MP4 encoding um, and have that higher level of um, of experience for people that actually had the more popular uh, handsets. Right. And that became a bit of a fork in the road um, for, for Brendan to help us kind of make that commercial decision. Um, the benefit, though, was that, you know, as we pushed through and actually worked through that um, with the customer or with the uh, the service team, the actual uh, output of that at the end was several months after we actually finished the prototype, the service team actually was able to incorporate a, more of a dynamic fallback situation um, where we could always maintain the highest caliber codec to start with. And for those devices that didn't support that codec, there was a, a kind of graceful fallback to the VP9 codec. Um, so there was also the broadest support as well and kind of get that best of both worlds. And it, it was really a good example of where we're pushing the edge, but also making sure that we improve our services as we do that. Um, so Brennan was really helpful and their team to help us drive that, that component into our team. Brendan, what was that like for your team? Oh, look, I think um, it's it's both um, incredibly gratifying, Sarah, and a little bit frustrating, I think. You know, it's the usual sure. thing. You know, you, uh, uh, you'd like to think that those sort of ideas had come up before, but that's the power of the customer in, input, isn't it, where, you know, we have that ability to influence. And I think, um, you know, it's really great to see that, and the team loves that. I think the other sort of claim to fame, Ryan, that we can probably take out of this with the service team is the recent release of some React Native um, components as well, which, you know, I think, um, you know, directly a result, I'm sure, absolutely 100% would be the direct <laughs> result of the work that we've done. But look, it, it really, um, sort of all jokes aside, it is really fantastic to feel like we can talk to the teams about that sort of uh, improvements and, and real world problems and that they do listen to respond is really great. And it just helps us feel like we're part of a team. And again, from our customer lens, 
it's really um, helps them feel very, very comfortable that we're making the right decisions on their behalf from a technology perspective, which is great. Amazing. Where are we now on that journey? How has this system helped your specialists better serve their patients? And what's the state of the art at this moment? Yeah, so um, sure, everyone loves a little bit of data. Um, so we've got a little bit of data. So we've You've just come to the right over. place. <laughs> exactly, that's right. Uh, so we, we've just clocked over 2009 hours, just a little bit over that, um, of teleconsults that have occurred through the solution, which is brilliant. Um, that's uh, 8,340-odd um, consultations or meetings that have occurred over the technology. So, I mean, that's incredible given that we went live uh, mid-April um, as we sit here sort of just under six months um, in market. That's absolutely amazing, I think. Um, and, and importantly, we're sitting at about a 7% error, error rate on those meetings. So that's probably a little bit higher than we'd like. But again, mm. the context here is so important that really um, it's a mobile solution where we've got very little control over those end devices. We're not trying to wrap this in an app framework or anything like this. This is literally the mobile browser coming into play and really built over the course of a couple of weeks, which is just phenomenal. Um, and it really paves the road for additional things that we can consider in this space to help our customers over time. So it's a really, really powerful example of that innovation at work. Amazing. Ryan, you know, we don't always have as technologists the opportunity to work in a space like this and 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 work on technology that's directly impacting people's lives and uh, health. Um, what were some of the takeaways that you had from this experience? Uh, I think there was a few takeaways for us. I think one, you know, I think for our team, it was so powerful to be able to work on a solution that was... Um, in such high demand and we could see such a broad need for um, at that time in the world. Um, and so we really valued that that component. I think the other thing that was really interesting for us was being able to actually see, um, to get that really rapid feedback as well. One of the things that was interesting on a really small piece was um, we we took the approach early on that we, we, we thought that mobile browsers was gonna be the, or mobile device was gonna be the right thing for everybody. Um, and we kind of quickly found out um, after some testing that customers actually wanted to be able to, um, you know, have larger cameras or larger screens and that kind of thing. And so we actually ended up having to switch from sending links to people's mobile browsers um, to also being able to send it to their email so they could actually use their laptops and, and other devices, um, as well as being able to incorporate, um, you know, additional people, you know, so while sure. most cases we want to be able to have that one-on-one, Brendan, Brendan's team actually was able to highlight some really powerful feedback for us where, um, Brendan, I think you might know this story better, but there was, I think it was a mother that wanted to be able to, uh, you know, share an experience or a consult with, with their son. Um, and, and that was a big impetus for her to be able to introduce more people. It was very common, but it, it made sense. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan. And I think, yeah, what, what, um, yeah, that feedback that we got from customers right from the get-go was, was so powerful. I think the other thing that really stood us in good stead was the architecture. You know, we, we picked a deliberately serverless architecture for the solution and that ability to be able to 
uh, compose a solution through those small reusable components has proven itself time and time again as we've taken on board customer feedback and we've had to make uh, yeah, small to large pivots. It's been relatively speaking so easy to do. So it's been really helpful in that sense as well. Brendan, final word for you. You know, we're often confronted with time critical challenges and, and for you, it was that extra layer of security risk that came into play. What was your key takeaway from this experience? I think there were a couple of things for me, Sarah. One was the power of two purpose-based organisations really coming together that are very centred on their customer. And for, in our case, you know, helping our customers deliver better health outcomes is really where we're at. But that customer centricity really came through from the AWS team as well. Um, and, and working together in that fashion was just incredibly powerful and really allowed us to get a great solution out in a timeline that I think if you if you actually said to someone this was doable, they'd probably look at you a little bit like you'd lost your mind. Um, so that was that's really the first takeaway. I think the second thing is the power of having that feedback loop directly into the service teams was incredible for us. Uh, really allowed us to get answers quickly and really helped us set direction um, much, much quicker than we would have otherwise done if we'd been trying to work through these things in isolation. So really, really incredible experience. And it's so gratifying to really be able to get something out to customers that really helped them in their time of need. Absolutely. And it's actually, it's gratifying for us to have had the opportunity to work with you. Thank you so much for your collaboration and willingness to work through those challenges. And again, and burning the mid-eyed oil, often working across time zones to advance this product for your customers. So thank you for joining us today and sharing that journey and sort of demystifying it for our listeners. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Sarah. Thank you, Ryan, also for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be with everybody again. I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS Media Series. Look for future episodes of our vodcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at hashtag AWS Innovation Ambassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you.